0: Disgraceland, a music and true crime podcast about musicians getting away with murder and behaving very badly hosted by me, Jake Brennan is back with season 5 and you're not going to want to miss new episodes on Guns N' Roses, Jay-Z,
1: Prince, Ozzy Osbourne, Nipsey Hussle Run DMC, Selena, The Rolling Stones and more. You can listen to Disgraceland on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever
0: you get your podcasts. Rockerola.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Movie Crush Mini Crush Edition.
2: Is no. that a special edition? Is it like, does <laughs> it signed and numbered or something? Yeah. What, what, what does an edition mean? Noel is back, and
1: you're going to be in trouble.
2: <laughs> hey, no, hey, nah, no, blah, 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 blah.
1: He's got a nose full of snot. That's very true. <laughs> but he's going to podcast anyway. <laughs> hey, no
2: hey, no, got a nose full of snot.
1: Um, I had an interesting weekend. Yeah, man, I want to hear about, well, first of all, let's just get going yeah. with uh, the fact that on uh, last Friday... I did the saddest movie crush ever. Oh, no. Sitting in this goddamn room alone. Uh, Ramsey even left. He just hit record and just, left. Just like talking to the ether. Just, it's just, strange. Just yelling into the abyss. <laughs> it's like the true definition of a podcast started, which is some sad, chubby, middle-aged, lonely guy by himself in a room talking to nobody. Well, now you know the life of Jonathan Strickland, only he's oh! super jacked now. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we got caught with our pants down, Noel, because you were away. I didn't know that you were traveling. Uh, you went to Los Angeles. I did. What'd you go for? Happy
2: face? No, it's this other thing. Um, I I, I don't think I can talk about it, actually. Oh. It's just, it's, just, it's, a, it's sort of like a, a startup entrepreneurial type show where we talk to different, like, hot shit CEOs and, like, you know, people that have, like, come from nothing and, and made themselves into these, like, uh, obscenely rich luminaries, basically. Oh, like so. me. Just like you, Chuck. <laughs> we'll have you on the show before you know it. Um, but, yeah, so it was all surrounding this conference that was going on there called the Summit. L.A. 18 conference. I saw Jaden Smith interview Al Gore about climate change. That was, was it good? Yeah, it was surreal. It was a little bizarro world, but it yeah. was it was cool. Was Jaden... Uh, He's sharp. Yeah, He's so sharp he did kid. a good job. He did do a good job. All right, that's cool. Al, Al Gore, though, is funny. He's like, now Jaden... I want to t- I want to tell you, Jaden. He kept he kept like putting his hand on him and saying his name, which I thought was a little weird. And James like, dude, I'm fucking twenty. Yeah, exactly. or however old he is now. I don't even know. Um, but it was interesting, and it was in all these old, beautiful theaters down uh, in downtown LA yeah. on Broadway. Um, so I got to go to the Orpheum. I went to the uh, the uh, Palace. Yeah, which man. You pointed out to me on the social that that was where the thriller movie theater scene is is shot. But yeah. Yeah, Josh
1: and I uh, performed there that's and right. I learned that. Yeah. And was like,
2: man, this is pretty cool. And you sent some nice screenshots, some little A B comparisons. That's and it, I was, man. I was stoked. And also, I think I've, I maybe mentioned in that thread that Big Lebowski, the scene where uh, uh, the dude's landlord does his cycle. Remember his cycle? Yeah. Is that at the palace? That's at the
1: palace as well. Which is hysterical because. By all accounts, that scene should have been in like a 30-person theater. A tiny,
2: and, and, they, and they made it look like that. So yeah. I
1: don't know why they even, maybe they just had a deal on the
2: palace that day or
1: something. Well, because, I mean, the palace, the, the, it's had a comeback lately. During the Big Lebowski days, it was just like shuttered.
2: Really? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we went to the Orpheum, the palace, the Ace Hotel, which was really beautiful I as well. I stayed there when we did that show, That's actually. That's right. Yeah, Casey was was mentioning that, that he stayed there as well. I think, yeah, staying was,
1: downtown L.A. is weird because it's very much feels like New York.
2: Big time, yeah.
1: uh, But then you look up and you're like, wait, there's palm trees uh-huh. in the background. Yeah. And, you know, you're... It's, it's Los Angeles, but it's a very downtown uh, New York-y feel.
2: Well, the whole thing about this event was it was like, you know, this was a very exclusive event that I just happened to luck into getting a free pass to, but I felt like, you know, the kid that, from the slums that, that got to go to Harvard, you know, because... Uh, <laughs> You're goodwill hunting. <laughs> I was goodwill hunting, yeah. And so it was like, but the thing that was interesting was like, you know, the people that were at these events had paid a pretty penny to be there. Yeah. And there was this interesting juxtaposition of this, like, obscene wealth and opulence and these bizarro events. Like, I went from seeing, you know, Eckhart Tolle, who's like this uh, kind of like meditation guru guy, to seeing Jaden Smith and, um, and Al Gore, uh, to hanging out in this weird pavilion with iced coffee, you know, on tap and stuff. Yeah. And the backdrop of downtown L.A. to this event was very stark and interesting because it's yeah. very, you know, it's a very gritty kind of
1: yeah, I mean, trashy da- downtown. Downtown has come a long way in some areas, but like Skid Row is still down there. I mean, there's still... They've tried to revitalize downtown, but it's interesting in all those old theaters I worked um I was working on a music video downtown. I can't remember who it was for. I want to say like Michelle Branch, if that name even rings a bell
2: I don't even know
1: oh no, okay <laughs> well, no listeners, you know what I'm talking about <laughs> um and I was to run an errand over to get something from an aerosmith shoot down the street, and I went to one of those old theaters. And that was when there was nothing really going on downtown. Like they've done a lot in the past 15, 17 years, but there was nothing going on. And I remember walking in this theater and seeing this whole row of just these grand majestical theaters that were now like uh, uh, Latino churches, interestingly, or just closed and thinking, oh, my God, the opulence is off the charts, but it's like a haunted mansion.
2: Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's some of these, the, the architecture, I, I believe it was the palace in particular. Wait. Yeah, that's right. That's where Eckhart Tolle was. It looks like it's just so Gothic. I mean, yeah. it's like, it's like something out of like a Tim Burton Batman. Like it's really, really, sure. it's got this textured look that almost makes it look like organic, like dead plant matter mixed with like bones or something, like Ooh. some sort of ossuary. Yeah. No, I'm serious. It was gorgeous and really like nothing I'd ever seen before. So I was really glad I got to, that was my favorite part of the whole trip, which is seeing those buildings yeah, like yeah. inside and out and getting to kind of hang out. Where, did you stay downtown too? Did you no, stay at the no, I stayed at, I should have. I stayed at, uh, at the Hollywood Roosevelt. So I had a, I had a. Uh, I have stayed there. I had a very, um, a very broad LAX. Experience. I <laughs> yeah. spent, I went to. Uh, friend of the show Kevin Pollock's house Oh, um, and uh, helped him with some some podcast related stuff nice went over uh, to Pollock's house uh, went over house. to Pollock's house he got me an everything croissant which is apparently a thing now wow um, yeah. is it like the bagel but it's a like croissant it's like the bagel but it's a croissant and it's filled with cream cheese holy shit yeah it's very decadent um, but he's uh. a super sweet guy Kevin Pollock, really really cool and went from his hood to uh, Venice for the day and just took a bird scooter and kind of just tootled around uh-huh. Venice uh, sure it was a fun little solo trip i did a lot of soul searching yeah you know yeah did you go buy one of those weed shops i don't know what you're talking about chuck <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about
1: jaden smith is 20 by the way nailed it total guess he strikes me as a bit of a 20 um What's Pollock's house like? It's super it's cool. Sweet.
2: It's really nice. It's, it's it's just really everything in its right place. He had this amazing like nudie uh, strip tease machine from like the 30s where you, you put in a nickel uh-huh. and then you crank the crank. Yeah. Uh, and then it's, it's like a light and a little eyepiece. I'm taking my clothes exactly. off. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it was like you could see that it was like a kind of a old, like very um, worn flip book that, that has a little sure. mechanism that just flips through and it's this, yeah, yeah. this gal doing a little strip tease. That's great. Know. So yeah. he had some. Uh, he had a jar of nickels up. There, Some you know, chachis. He had he had a cool cool collection of, of weird stuff. Yeah, that's was, awesome.
1: I've never cool. been to the Pollock House. He's invited me over for. He has his uh, uh, sort of famous poker nights. Yeah,
2: yeah. I sat at the famous poker table. Yeah,
1: actually. and he's all. And every time I'm in LA, he's like, "Oh, you come over for poker." I'm like, "Dude, I'll just write you a check and go watch."
2: Yeah, there you go. Too, r- fact, too rich it for, for my Yeah,
1: it's so like here's three hundred dollars. I'm just going to watch you. I don't, and your I don't famous think three hundred is going to get you in. <laughs> <shock>. Probably not. <laughs> I can't lose more than that. I can't even lose that. Um, all right. Well, it's good to have you back, buddy. I saw you posted about Jumbo's Clown Room this morning. Did you go?
2: No, I just passed it and thought it was a... What a the first thought that I had was, is this a weird children's place from no, like the, the 50s? No, it's not a children's place. No, I could second tell when I looked <laughs> a little closer at the sign. It's their Claremont Lounge. Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay. Got it. And that was in kind of Las Feliz area? Where, I can't remember where I passed it. Yeah, by. I mean...
1: We used to go to Jumbo's. It's it's a, it's a uh, it's like the Claremont. It's an L.A. institution.
2: Got it. So I thought, oh, man, Knowles discovered the clown room. No. I mean, I, I, I stayed on Hollywood Boulevard, and I I ended up going. I didn't realize that Las Felas is like the other side of Hollywood Boulevard. Kind of you keep Yeah, calling, you keep going down you Hollywood. Keep going. You're right there. I got a Thai massage. That Ooh. was pretty cool. Just the regular kind. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> standard. <laughs> Um, it was awesome though, man. It was uh, yeah. So I ended up in uh, Thai Town, which is like right on the edge of Los Feliz, yeah, I believe, and that's then f- kind of right where I lived. Ended in my up first right department. by the, the Dresden, which I'm always going on about how much I love the Dresden. Sure, but it was during the day, so I couldn't go and see uh, was Marty and Elaine. Uh, yeah, they wouldn't be there during the
1: day. No, but it's funny. Um, I don't, I'm sure you haven't listened, but the Sean Gunn episode, we had sort of the same favorite dive bar back in the day, which was what the Drawing Room in Los Feliz, which um, is is a six a.m. bar. Oh wow. Okay, and we sort of both. Um, delighted in the six a.m. bar and just that whole notion, and uh, that that it's
2: kind of great. Meaning you can just walk out and the sun's up and you're like, no, no, it
1: opens at six. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm
2: confused.
1: Yeah, it opens at six a.m. So, um, oh, and it just it just stays open. Stays open until uh, whatever two. Two. I got gotcha. you. I think in L.A. is is it two? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then you can come right back four hours later. I really like the frolic room. I always go to the frolic room. Yeah, that's a good old dive. It's just a good old dive. It's right next to the Pantages uh, Theater. Yeah, it's right there in the middle of Hollywood. It's great. But it's it's just like, I like the old school stuff. I like the super... LA Confidential was it really oh okay that makes sense sure I had a steak dinner at Musso and Frank's Uh, by myself hey come (laughs) here what are you medium rare yeah no it was good Uh, the thing thing that everyone should know about Musso and Frank's though is that everything is a la carte so you get the steak that's a charge you get some mashed potatoes that's like 10 more bucks that's like every steakhouse you get like a gravy boat with some sauce in it that's 5 bucks that's every steakhouse is it yes dude you should go to fucking Outback well that's where I go dude that's my that's my that's my my bar no, well, for no, you gotta, I take you out for good steak No, it's, I, I, I had it's a good steak, Chuck, cart. it was great, it was
1: really good, Musso and Frank's <laughs> is top notch Oh, he's already worked up everyone, wait till we get to Noel's Holes <laughs> It's gonna get, uh, it's gonna get ugly Well, it's good to have you back, buddy Hey,
2: thanks, man, good um, to be
1: back If you listen to the first five minutes, even, of that solo podcast, you'll hear me just gushing over you, so
2: Oh, man, well, I need a little confidence booster When, <laughs> when I do need one, I'll keep just, that in my back pocket Yeah,
1: keep it in your back pocket um right where you fart
2: mm-hmm.
1: that's what I say, yeah, <laughs> all right, so uh, let me see what can we do today i I put up some things last night because last night was election night, and i don't know what you did, but I flipped it over to to c n n with John King, and I literally felt like I had p t s d just seeing him in front of that screen with his little magic fingers, and i'm like i can't i can't
2: i can't can't do it again, well. In Georgia, I got the sense that the polls were staying open really late because of fuckery with uh, yes. you know, vote counting. Let's yeah, not even that. get into that. Um, oh, wait, the Secretary of State ran for governor? Yeah. That's not no a conflict. problem at all. Okay, anyway, let's. this isn't a political show. But, no, I, <laughs> I made the very conscious choice to pay no attention to it because I yeah. knew it wasn't going to come until late, and it's just not worth staying up and, and biting your nails. So I went to bed and had a nice sleep. Good. And I, my friends that were out checking out the counts, and stuff, texted me middle of the night with, you know, some good news-ish. Yeah. but I woke, mod, mod, Modest gains, That's what Noel. I'm saying, though, dude. I woke up to, to very meh feelings about like, because I, I had a middle of the night text from somebody who was probably yeah. quite drunk sure. and feeling optimistic and sent me in all caps like, Dems take the house. And in yeah, my yeah, mind, yeah. I read that as Dems win everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was not the case.
1: Yeah. I think uh, for for liberal hippies right now, just turn it off right now. And Or, hey, listen. If you don't agree with what we're about to say, just give it a pause or hit the little fast forward button like 45 seconds. Yeah. Because we don't want to piss anyone
2: off. Yeah. This will be a short soapbox.
1: But for liberal hippies like us, uh, I think, you know, modest gains are gains. Like we we want everyone to win. We want Stacey Abrams to win and uh, O'Rourke to win and the the Gilliam in Florida to win and to take the house and all the things. And you're just not going to get all those. No. So we took the house. That's great, Abrams. If it, I honestly believe, if it hadn't been for voter disenfranchisement, she would have fucking won.
2: Well, there's, all, there's also they're talking about like there being potentially a uh,
1: runoff, not a recount, yeah, a runoff. I think but it's I happen. don't know.
2: Whenever that's that's the last. Just ditch I effort. mean,
1: she's so close, and that says a lot about Georgia that a uh, a black woman is within spitting distance of the governor's seat. Mm-hmm. So I don't like moral victories, but. Um, it, it You got to take what you can get these days, yeah. you know?
0: Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock. He constantly bricks threes. And he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With Geico, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with GEICO. It's almost better than sports. Hey, it's Ben, Henry, and Marcus,
2: hosts of the last podcast on the left. Our show's dedicated to uncovering hilariously horrifying stuff. And now we're only on Spotify. Join Join us. us. If you want. Obviously, we'd never force anyone to just blindly join us. us. That'd be crazy. But if you like stories about doomsday cults who do exactly that and more, please join us on Spotify. Visit Spotify.com slash last podcast to listen free. How about you quiz me about some some movies I haven't seen or something? Well, that's coming up. Okay, that's later. Okay, cool. All right, everyone. If you're... uh, And we're back. And we're back.
1: (laughs) Uh, All right. Here we go. So here's what I did last night Noel. I worked on Mini Crush and sort of prepping everybody with some good questions and polls and watched TV that was not the election and then just sort of checked in every now and then to see how things were going. So here was my first question, though, for social studies. Social studies on Movie Crush. How about an election night distraction, everyone, with some Mini Crush stuff? Name your favorite political movie. <laughs> See what I did? That was cute. I was, I was just jerking everyone's chain. But uh, political movies are some of my favorite movies, uh, like The Maltese Falcon. And, you know, I talk about All the President's Men a lot. And movies like Michael Clayton. Love a good, heady political thriller or political film. Uh, Bullworth. Movies like that even. Wag the Dog. I'm into it. So we're going to go over some of these. I, mean, I remember really
2: enjoying Wag the Dog. Yeah, it was so good. I haven't seen it in a long time.
1: Eh, it was fine. Uh, Matthew Hanson says a contender. Agreed, dude. That was a great movie right off the bat. Uh, Tony Bucco says All the President's Men. Carrie uh, McQuaid says Dave. I never saw that. Did you with Kevin Klein? That's the one where he's the president, right? I think so. President Dave. Yeah. No, I haven't seen it. Uh, let me see here. All the President's Men again from Sally McKenzie. Uh, Megan Nicole says The American President, which I did not see. But that is the uh, love story. I feel like I've asked this question before. I think I might have said political thriller. So this is not necessarily that because certainly The American President is a romantic comedy uh, wrapped up in politics. Uh, Twelve Angry Men from Gracie Ann. Does that count? Uh, Gracie says. Sure. I think so. Uh, For sure. Boy, a lot of people are saying American President. Vanessa Lopez, her old friend. She's who sent that box of food, by the way, Noel. Box of food? Yeah, there's a box of food on your desk with really? chi- chips and popcorn and Seriously? coffee. And what?
2: I haven't been to my desk. I came straight here, Chuck. Straight here.
1: Vanessa Lopez. Say thank you. Thanks, Vanessa Lopez. Uh, Carl Gaffney says, thank you for smoking. Uh, Richard Stokes says, back to the future. Hmm. Just because the Goldie Wilson thing. Uh, that's a bit of a stretch, my friend. Well, back to the future, too.
2: Predicted the rise of Trump. Let's not forget. Did it really? Oh, totally, Was man. Biff. Those... <laughs> Biff is like a Trump character. Oh, okay. I no, gotcha. I'm just kidding. He, he, he doesn't really become president, but he does He does using, this is a spoiler for a movie that came out decades ago, just putting it out there, uh, using the knowledge he gleaned from that sports uh, uh, almanac. Right. He, el- he el- elevated himself to a position of, of extreme power and practically dictatorship over the weird Back to the Future 2 future world. So he was kind of a Trumpy figure in my opinion. Dude, I have not seen Back to the Future 2 and 3 did not impact me much. So I don't know if I've seen those movies since it came out. Two is a lot of fun. Three, they're they're all fine. Three, I remember seeing three in the theaters because that had to have been like early 90s, maybe late enough 80s that I was, you know, cognizant of of movies in the theaters. You're a sentient human. Yeah. And I also remember the Pizza Hut had had like sunglasses you could get that were back to the future theme that were like crazy, you know, retro futuristic sunglasses or whatever. 1990, Noel. 90, yeah right on the cusp. And Little Mermaid I want to say was 89. That's one of the first movies I remember seeing in the theater. That's and right. also Home Alone. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: I was graduating high school.
2: Well. It was a it was a wild time for both of <laughs> us, Chuck. <Jack.
1: laughs> uh, Lincoln, Megan Carroll. Oh boy, you know what? She said the drama was tense despite me knowing how it ended. And Daniel Day-Lewis and Sally Field knock it out of the park. Uh, the acting was great for sure, Megan, but I think I've said so on the show. I I, I thought Lincoln was a bit of a snooze. I feel a little
2: bad for saying that, but it was a bit of a snooze. Yeah, I mean, people seem to really dig it. I guess, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis really embodies Lincoln, but I didn't I I never felt compelled to watch it. Yeah. That's oh just, you did not no, see I it? No, I did not. No. Right. We'll I'm sure see. it's fine, but those really hyper accurate or whatever trying sure. to be, uh, political or, or whatever, historical reenactment type movies, they typically don't grab me unless there's some like fresh take on it or some weird new angle. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Like That's just Lincoln me. versus vampires. That would be fun. I would go to that. They did that, right? Abraham Lincoln vampire? They Honor? did. Yeah. They it they kinda came and went though, didn't it?
1: I think so. Uh Kirsten Wells says, the Iron Lady, even though I'm Canadian. Well, you're Canadian, but there there probably is some England in you if you're Canadian, right? Or France. One would hope. I don't even know what I'm talking about. I don't either. Uh, Hutch Allen says, the Ides, of, the Ides of March with Clooney and Gosling. I still haven't seen that, man. I need to see that.
2: Oh, that, but it's not about Caesar. It's just
1: called, no. it's called that. They're, yes.
2: they're, they're like political <laughs> operatives, I want to say.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Ed Bueno says, uh, Herod's law. A janitor becomes mayor in a tiny town, a desert town in Mexico. Quickly learns the ups and downs of politics. If you don't mind Spanish dialogue with English subtitles, this is a real treat. Wow. I love that, Ed. Uh, I appreciate that. I like getting a good foreign film rec. Uh, the Gooch, David Gooch says election.
2: Yeah, it's high school politics. That's true. Yeah, but it's meant to be like, a.'" Like a satire, like a microcosmic view of, uh, you know, politics at large. Yeah, that's true. I guess I'll count it. Using like a, kind of like the lens of a, of a yeah. high school
1: election. Good point. Um, Mark Villapando says, the campaign, uh, Will Ferrell <laughs> punching babies. That was That's one of my guilty pleasures. That's a funny movie. I'll, I'll take Will Ferrell any day, people. Allison Gallagher, our old friend Allison, says, uh, Argo or Lincoln... Yeah. My buddy wrote that article that Argo was based on. That's my claim to fame. Uh, Bob One Roberts. One of many, Chuck. One of many. <laughs> Bob Roberts uh, comes from Trent Moore. Uh, Bob Roberts was good. He said, is is Bob Roberts as good as I remember it being? Yes. Trent, it was. Very good political satire. Bob Roberts? Yeah, Tim Robbins. Oh, I do not know this. Yeah, it's good. It's a political satire. <laughs> cool. This uh, Ultra, yeah, you should you should check it out. It's good. Jack Black's in it too, I think. Um, let me see here. Let's go through a couple more. Uh, the East, Scott uh, Rufsvoldt. Excellent performance by Britt Marling, as oh, yeah. always. I, I haven't seen, seen
2: that. That. Yeah. Remember Britt Marling? She did that show you didn't like with the dancing. The I liked that show. You liked it okay. You said you didn't like the dancing, though. The, the OC? The, the ER? The ER? The
1: O-L? The OA.
2: The OA. <laughs> the OC. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see a mashup of that one yeah. with the OC. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I did like that. I just, yeah, I didn't like the interpretive that's dance. Right.
2: Speaking of which, I don't want to derail this too much, but right across from the hotel I was staying at in, on Hollywood, there's this store called La La Land mm-hmm. that's like just, you know, trashy, kitsch, you know, souvenirs sure, and stuff. Yeah. But on a loop. They have that that Phantom Planet song that's the theme for the O.C. playing. Like, wow. California. It's like every oh time God. I walk out of my hotel, it is here. California. It's like, dude, how Kill much me. more cliche can you be? Kill you know? me. It was pretty funny.
1: But it's funny because a lot of people probably go home and with their little uh, Imitation Academy Award and are like, that shop was the best. It, it, is, so it is large. LA.
2: It is large. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> I love it. Uh, Charlie Wilson's War. That's from Christy Boyd. I have not seen that. I need to check it out. Uh, all right, that feels good. Oh no, here's another good one. Eric Keith says uh, Michael Keaton and Gina Davis in Speechless. That was about uh, speechwriters, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds romantic comedy, like
2: a man. rollicking good time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, you know, that's that is. I gotta give them credit for that for making like a, something that seemingly on paper would be such a snooze. Sure, be a nice delightful romantic comedy and speechless yeah. It's like these people who are paid to talk or write <laughs> words for people to speak yeah they're so in love that they're fucking speechless the t- they the got title. nothing to say <laughs> the title is, is pretty terrible this is, this is the new yorker like the producer guy that i'm channeling here you know what another good one is network i yeah. would count that as a political sure st- film just because it's all about like you know I, laws I so. surrounding television it and feels the news political. and I don't know I think that's a good one and, I you know, agree. No.
1: that's a great movie too man that's, I mean, I'm
2: mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore right? yeah one yeah. of
1: the classic 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 films a lot of people are saying Napoleon Dynamite I, I, I didn't even I saw it but not even like most people saw it like I barely remember it I guess it was a I had no vote, Pedro. So there was some but sort of that, election. That right? was a
2: no. That not, not a political movie. Not at all. No. That 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 was the message at the heart of that movie was not one of any uh, kind of politics. It was just about being a being yourself, dancing like no one's looking. You know, that's what that movie's about. Napoleon Dynamite. So many. I'm so mad at you guys. <laughs> so mad. <laughs> I like that movie a <laughs> lot, and I, I saw it in the theaters, not knowing what to expect, and I was uh, uh, purely um, charmed by that. Yeah, movie. yeah. I was
1: way late on that because it. uh I didn't see it initially, and then it became such a big thing. It was one of those deals. Sometimes, you know, when something's such a big thing, you're kind of like, fuck that. Yeah. I'm not going to see like that. Like the Beatles? <laughs> fuck
2: those guys. Am <laughs> I <laughs> right? Oh,
1: Noel, it's good to have you back. So uh, did you know, buddy, that um, this past weekend was our one-year anniversary for the show? I did. Happy anniversary, Chuck. Happy anniversary,
2: I brought you this T-shirt. <laughs> That's very nice. It's John Roderick's band, <laughs> The Long Winters. Where, where did that come from? I got it at a, at a, a Goodwill in, in the heart of Hollywood. Oh, really? Is they that had for really, your daughter? Yeah, that was for Chandler because he um, produces the show. John Roderick is on um, Omnibus. Omnibus with Ken Jennings, and I wanted to bring him a little something back. But I, I got a smattering of shirts. They were all dollar. I got like a West L.A. Dialysis Center shirt, which was a, a, a prime find. The WLADC? <laughs> the Premier Dialysis Center. The d- Wladik? D- L- L- yeah, of course. That's when you say it like that. It sounds like some sort of Russian bathhouse. Come
1: to the Wladik. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> drink Vodka. <laughs> what do we got next, Chuck? All right. We are going to, uh, I think since we mentioned the one-year anniversary, I did ask people yesterday, uh, here at the one-year anniversary, let's hear what your favorite Movie Crush interview edition has been so far. We got 104 people. Um. And I'm kind of curious, and this is not a popularity contest, everyone. Um, I say that mainly for you, Noel, because you were a guest. <laughs> so it's not like I'm looking, you know. Oh to no, be like, Ooh, So this you're was saying I wasn't the number one choice? Is that what you're well, saying? I'm Are you preparing me them. for I'm this? I'm just reading these. Okay, that's fine. That's uh, cool. Frederick uh, Gimsier says the big trouble in Little China episode. That was a Kyle Kinane. Uh Ryan Dixon says Casey Wilson and Eric Slick. I like that. Uh, Brandon. Uh, Suragayo says, uh, Ross Markand on Die Hard. Uh, loved his story, the impressions, and the movie discussion. I agree, man. That was a great one. Uh, our buddy Don Morris says, Raymond Carr, uh, Dax and the My Favorite Murder Ladies, and the Stranger Things guys. Noel, you want to hear something that's going to make you soups jelly? Yeah. Uh, My Favorite Murder is doing a live podcast at the Fox Theater on Friday night. Uh, and I am going on stage what? to tell a local murder story with nice. the ladies. In front of 5,000 people at the very venue where I saw my very first concert when that's I was cool. 12 years old. Well. Pretty neat, huh? That's
2: pretty neat, Chuck. You don't have to rub it in my face like that, though.
1: Hey, you were just hobnobbing with fucking
2: Al Gore. I wasn't hobnobbing. I was in the crowd. Jaden Smith knocking back uh, flaming Dr. Pepper shots. No, he has, a, he has a boxed water company called Just Water. Dude, Jaden does. Yeah, uh-huh. Of course yeah, he does. I was knocking those back. It's not called Just Jaden? Nope. That's the name
1: of his clothing line. The water is made from Jaden Smith's tears, which is, as we all know, the purest water.
2: It really is.
1: (laughs) Um, Let me see here. The Gooch again. He said, this is really hard. My favorites in no order are uh, uh, Mark Hand on Die Hard. Mark Hand. Mark Wand. Uh, Raymond Carr on Labyrinth and Casey Wilson on Clue. That's very nice. Um, Let me see here. Uh, Christine Fordham said, really difficult, but I really liked Boots Riley on Mishima even though it's a movie I had never watched. That's great. Paul shear on Beverly Hills Cop. Um, Chris uh, Wimpany really enjoyed Aaron Mankey on The Village and the Silence of the Lamb special with the ladies from MFM. Gabe Davis says, I can't choose. They've all just been great, fun conversations about solid movies. Uh, that is really nice, Gabe. I appreciate
2: that. It really is. It was funny. I was like, when I was at Kevin Pollock's house. He was talking about how he had listened to some of the minis with with the two of us, and I was saying, "Yeah, it's super fun. Like we don't even really have to prep or anything. We just kind of like hang out and talk about movies and read the social media stuff." And he's like, "It's only slightly apparent that you don't prep."
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pollock. That's I could hear him saying that. That's funny. Um, Celeste Edwards, uh, Kennegeider says, "Dak Shepard by far." Big Dak Shepherds fans. Uh, Edward Force Glenn says, uh, "Shalube." I like getting to know him better. He's great. I just like saying that last name. Shaloobs. Shaloobs. fun. Yeah. John Millsot, uh, our old friend, says Griffin McElroy about Groundhog Day was spectacular. Uh, another vote for Griffin and Aaron Mankey from Caroline Gaston. Uh, Raymond Carr gets some more love. Roman Mars on Jaws from Mickey McGee. Uh, Morgan Wheat from My Favorite Murder. I got some, some straight up regular listeners because of those ladies. My favorite murder fans who came over didn't know what was going on, going on here and said, hey, I listen to the show now, like, on the reg. That's good. That's very nice. That's what you want, people. Uh, Sam Herring gave some love to our old friend Janet Barney, episode number one. I love it. Andrew Anderson says, my favorite murder. Our buddy, Zach Pointer, says Aaron Mankey. He want, made me want to watch The Village again. And Casey Wilson on Clue. Uh, Tom Evans says, Janet Barney again. Casey Wilson, another vote from Laura Bjorklund. Great name. Um, Nikki, all right, Nikki gives some constructive criticism, Nikki Dennis. You didn't ask, but my least favorite ones are the ones with groups of people. One is great, two is fine, but more than two is too many, in my opinion. Sorry. Don't apologize, Nikki. I get it. Those those can be a
2: little unwieldy, but there have only been like two of them, I guess. Yeah, imagine. it just depends. I mean, uh, I guess when it's sort of a more of a personal thing. Like a movie, it might be a little harder to get everyone's kind of personal perspective if everyone's talking over each other. But I thought the ones that you've done have been successful, considering yeah. that that's kind of a pitfall of those types of interviews in general. But like, I think they're okay. I thought the about uh, Stranger Things is great. Stranger Things one was great. The Broken Lizard one; those guys are just so like bombastic and all over the place. Well, and we only had like thirty minutes with those guys. That one might have been the uh, it was little, sort of crazy. Yeah, a little like, kind of gasping for air in that room. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I had fun though. I'm Britt Morin and welcome to Teach Me Something New, a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Britt Co. All my life, everyone's told me I should focus on being good at one thing. But the truth is, I'm curious about a lot of things. So one day I decided that my expertise might be to become the world's best generalist. So how do you learn about everything? The answer, make the world's best experts teach you in less than an hour. This show is about inspirational thinkers, scientists, artists, and CEOs, and the things they've learned that have transformed their lives. Listen to Teach Me Something New on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now and come along with me as we all learn something new.
1: Uh, Chris Bobbitt says, Eric Slick on Big Lebowski is one of my favorite drummers. And your joy and his joy for the movie was delightful. Um, Ike Barinholtz on Goodfellas. That's from Jody uh, Nebel. Um, it's all over the map, man. Everyone it is really nice. Paul Schneider on Back to the Future. Brett Giles said that one. Uh, even got a John Hodgman fan here, everyone. Kevin Craig. Uh, that, that's great. John is the best. Uh, the time you diss Quir- uh Quentin Tarantino in front of Broken Lizard—that's <laughs> from Alan Smithy. Yeah, I kind of did do that. What'd you say? Oh, just sort of my usual Tarantino uh, rant, which is that like he's just being a little too indulgent these days, mm. and uh, movies are too long. Don't put yourself in them. Get it? Get someone to get in there and tell you no. Occasionally,
2: he has not really. He hasn't been in the last few, has he? He wasn't in Django or... Uh, he was in Django. He played a that's right. fucking Australian. That's right. It was even very worse that's than right. just inserting himself. He was. He had a bad accent on of And he was a it. racist Australian too, I believe. Yes, of course he was. But he got yeah. blowed up. He did get blowed up. Which was kind of great. That's fun. Was he in uh, the the one in the snow? Uh, the hate plate? Don't think so. Was I he? Don't, I don't recall. Surely he'll
1: be in the Manson one. Yeah, I am looking forward to that. That one looks say. a lot of fun. And they, hey, they were
2: they were shooting it all over when I was, when I was oh, there. Oh, really? Like some people that I know who had just moved there not too long ago said that it was like all over the place.
1: That's awesome. And I've said it before too. Like I will still go see all the Tarantinos, everyone. So, you know, maybe I'm the chump at the end of the day. Uh All right, noel, I feel like that's a pretty robust episode, so because we got to catch up and everything so let's finish with a couple of uh comment card questions, and we'll save some of this other goodness for subsequent shows I'm down um Teresa Baker I'm sorry Barker says, "Is there a movie that moved you so deeply that you couldn't get it off your mind days, weeks, or even months later um yeah, sure there's a lot of there are a lot of movies that stay with me. Um, The first one that just popped into my head, it was the more recent ilk, which was Room. Um, I read that book and saw that movie. That one kind of hung with me. And that was before I even had a kid. Uh, So I imagine that would destroy me now. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, um, I was just thinking Brie Larson because of Room. Short Term 12 was another movie that really stuck with me. Great, great film. If you guys haven't seen Short Term 12, check it out. I am not aware. I just uh, I think Brie Larson is the best. She's wonderful. And I saw the first teaser trailer for uh, Captain Marvel. Have you yeah, seen it yet? It looks pretty cool. Yeah, looks rad. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I saw that. I think at Halloween. Did you see Halloween yet?
2: Nope, not yet. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, they... it's probably too late now. You didn't want to see it in Thanksgiving. I don't know why not. I, I do. I do. Want... I'm interested to see what a Danny McBride horror movie looks like. It's a pretty traditional, uh, throwback slasher film. You did see it? Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. You said you saw it. In, uh, in uh, Phoenix. Uh, in Phoenix,
1: that's right. That's right. Uh, all right. Great question, though. That was good. Uh, let's move on to another one. Robbie Styles goes straight up Fight Club. If you could fight anyone from history, who would it be? Um, I would fight Donald Trump. What about you, Noel? Gandhi. Gandhi. <laughs>
2: And that was a that was from Fight Club. Yeah, he
1: just ripped off Fight Club. Yeah, it was an homage. It was a ref. Who would you fight? We're not fighters, but I, I feel like I, I uh, could legit get rage up enough to uh, kick the shit out of Donald yeah, Trump.
2: Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Um, maybe, maybe Ted Cruz. He has a pretty punchable face. <laughs> oh man.
1: The most punchable face. He looks like Eddie <laughs> Munster.
2: <laughs> you ever thought about that?
1: It's the most punchable <laughs> face in of the, the world. Yeah, good. <laughs> uh, Eddie Munster, yeah, he's not punchable, though. He's huggable. Um, let me see here. Uh, Dan Maynard says, when a studio decides to greenlight a film, what gets taken into consideration to build the budget to the final number? Does the director or whoever go forward with an estimate or idea... Wow, Dan, that's a great question. Um, Well, the director doesn't budget the film. Uh, The director is told what the budget of the film is. Uh, I mean, unless it's like a super-duper indie, the director might have their their fingers in that pie a little bit more. But the line producer is who sort of gets all the numbers together and probably presents the final budget to, in the case of a studio, I, I guess just a... You know, not the studio head. Well, maybe if it's a big enough movie. But um, I, I think when it, when it's a studio, too, these days, a lot of times it's just a math problem. Like, they have a—it's as uncreative as this sounds. They know basically how much a movie will likely do uh, after the first couple of weeks. And that really paints a picture of how a movie is going to do overall. And they say, if you put this star in this movie, pair them with this person as a co-star— And if it's this genre of film, then historically it will make this kind of money. And it really is a bit of a buzzkill for, like, what you feel like is the creative process. But budgeting a film is the least fun part of anything, really. Leave it to the bean counters, Chuck. Leave it to the (laughs) bean counters. Good one null. Um, All right. Let's do one more here, and then let's get out of here. Go to that stupid HR meeting, and then we'll record some more. How about Mm, that? That sounds great. Um, This is from Kristen Glenn Kister. What movies are your holiday traditions? In my house, it's The Color Purple while making pies for Thanksgiving. I got to stop there and just say that is awesome. Such a specific tradition to make pies and watch The Color Purple. I love that. And then Die Hard on Christmas Eve, just to name a couple. Um, Well... One of the things that we do in our family is when the Christmas story – a Christmas story is on the loop on TBS, a lot of times we will just keep it on in the background and catch bits of it when we can. Um, Now that I have a daughter, I'm going to start the tradition of Emma Daughter's Jug Band Christmas.
0: And I
2: think they just – reissued that and some sort of new... Uh, soundtrack. Soundtrack. That's yeah, cool. baby. Man, speaking of Christmas Story, I told you, that's the only way I've ever experienced that movie. I don't think I've ever seen it linearly, like in the right order. I think I've just seen little snips of it because, of, because all of the loop, you know? <laughs> I mean, he funny. just kind of pops on. I'm like, oh, he's getting his eyes shot out here. Right. Oh, oh wait, 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 wait. Does this come before <laughs> or after he wears the bunny suit? Like, I'm confused. Uh, and then what else? Like, I
1: try to watch *Plane Strains* and Automobiles um, around Thanksgiving. That movie's just
2: frustrating. I just feel bad for those characters. It's, nothing good happens to them, you know? It's an exercise <laughs> in futility. Yeah, uh,
1: I mean, for sure, but it's such a sweet story in I the guess end it is. and a sad story. I
2: just find it very yeah? uh, punishing.
1: Not for you. No. <laughs> those aren't pillows, Noel. All right. So that's it for this week, everyone. Uh, glad you're back, buddy. We're going to record a couple of more of these in a couple of hours because we got to beef up for the holidays, bro. And uh yeah. You you down? You know I'm down, Chuck. Alright, so uh thanks for tuning in, everybody, and see you next Monday. Bye bye. Bay.
0: Tuman Bay. Bay is weak need to rebuild. The epic fiction podcast Tumen Bay returns. Have we met before? Oh yes, General. You have no choice. It has to be done. In the name of God, what have you done? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hello, this is Ron Burgundy and you are listening to my voice, which commands trust and respect. Guess what? My podcast is back, and that's a win for everyone. If you're a longtime listener to the show, you probably already know the deal. Each week, I bring you hard-hitting journalism and also light entertainment. I contain multitudes. Find the Ron Burgundy Podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.